It's a thing. It, and it gets Stop done. Stop kicking my table. I like the sound. <laughs> Stop it. I got my winkle pickers on. I'm so... Oh, I hate <laughs> you so much. I... Oh. I had to fucking look that up. I'm gonna throw something across this vast studio. I don't know. Maybe I'll just firefly you with a cigarette when the time comes. <laughs> I don't know. Probably not, though. You're welcome. Yeah. How was your holiday? <laughs> it, it was fine. Man, I've... And yours? I've already got this defeated voice. God damn it. All right, we got to pick up the energy. Right, we got to winkle pick up the energy. Yeah, we'll, we'll winkle pick it right up. Pick it up, pick it up, winkle pick it up. Hut, hut, hut. Oh, good God. Did we just do a ska? Indeed we did. I, I don't like this. <laughs> it's making me happier than it should. I, I really am opposed. Anyway, how was your holiday? Again, I had a nice Easy going, laid back, do as little as possible kind of holiday. Sweet. And enjoy, enjoyed the fuck out of it. How about you? Uh, it was fine. I listened to Otis Redding for a while. Uh, always good on Christmas time. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, there's never not a good time for Otis. Well, so. Yeah, it was just like I was sitting here <clears throat> listening to Otis Redding, drinking coffee, scratching lottery tickets like a 70-year-old man. Ah, uh, good times. Yeah, that's, that's how I live my life. Ooh, one scratch off at a time. All right. Hey everybody, welcome to Horror Vomit. We talk about horror movies so you don't have to. Oh, oh, oh. I actually have an effect on this mixer that we could at some point employ. Oh, so not effects. only annoy the fuck out of each other, we can annoy the fuck out of our listener? Yeah. Okay. I mean, if we so choose, we we have that option. Ooh, crazy, crazy town. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Ooh. Wild times. Anyway, uh, all right. We started the thing, didn't we? Yes. Um, This week, <laughs> this week we are talking about the 2013 film Odd Thomas. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Ad- adapted from a novel written by Dean Koontz and written for the screen and directed by Stephen Summers. Ooh. <laughs> We're going to talk about him in a minute. <sighs> I-, I-, I got some stuff. Defeated sigh. Uh, starring Anton Yelchin as Odd, rest in peace, uh, Willem Dafoe as The Chief, and Edison Timlin as Stormy Llewellyn. Mm-hmm. So before we get into anything, I, I do want to go over some of Stephen Summers, because I think bringing up some of the things that he's done really paints a picture as to how this movie turned out the way that it did. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. So in 1993, he directed The Adventures of Huck Finn, which I remember at the time being not a bad movie. Was it the one with one of the kids from um, Home Improvement on it? It might have been the Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I don't know. I didn't look into it, but yeah, it was around that time. Oh, good God. Okay, yes. But, I mean, it wasn't considered, like, a bad movie or anything. Fair enough. Uh, after that, he did the uh, first live-action Jungle Book in 1994. Okay. I vaguely remember that coming And out. I think the tide has kind of turned on that as well, because I remember people hated it, but, like, it's got, I think, like, a solid six on IMDb. Hmm. So, not considered a bad movie whatsoever. After that, Deep Rising... He did Deep Rising? Yeah. The wow. Sea Creature movie. Yeah, not... Starring not. Treat Williams. Yeah. Who you may remember from the uh, the Substitute installment. Oh, I love the Substitute movies. Two through four. I he was not in the first one. I know, but 
The treat really brought something to that role. All, All right. kinds of ass whooping. So then in 1999, Steven Sutmers directs The Mummy. That oh. movie fucking rules. No, the, the, the one with Brendan Fraser. Yes. The yeah, Brendan that one. Fraser Mummy. Hell yeah. That movie kicks ass. There was, there was no ass left to be kicked because that movie kicked all of the ass. Yeah, it fucking rules. So supposedly the story is the day after The Mummy was released, Stephen Summers got a call from the studio and said, we need another one. And here's where everything starts to go wrong for old Stevie Summers. In 2001, he releases The Mummy Returns. Mm-hmm. It, it does not go well. Nope. In 2004, guess what he made? Don't No, don't say it. Don't say it. Van Helsing. He made Van Helsing. Yes. Oh, my God. The Hugh Jackman Van Helsing. Yeah. That Considered train one of the worst movies ever made. Piece of shit. You can, I can't even enjoy that movie on a make fun of it level. It's just bad. Well, I I enjoy it because it's so bad. It, it's it's kind of like a I Frankenstein, where you're like, mm-hmm. man, what the fuck were they thinking? Well, actually, I think at that time Universal was trying to re-release all its old because the Mummy had been a success. They were trying to recast all of them so that they could start another franchise. They'd even put up like parts of theme park rides for shit they hadn't even made yet. <laughs> And apparently, I guess, Summers shit the bet on that one for them, too. Yep. So that was 2004. He resurfaces again in 2009 to direct G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. Oh, (laughs) dear. Mm -hmm. God. Then in 2013 comes Odd Thomas. Ah, yes. And this is the last film that Stephen Summers has directed. And there's a reason why it's the last nail in the coffin. So there has been another project in the works called When Worlds Collide. Apparently, he had said in an interview, Steven Spielberg and I have a really good script for When Worlds Collide, but we have to hold off because Roland Emmerich just put out 2012, and it's a similar story. Holy shit. (laughs) That film has been in pre-production since 2013. Oh, good. We don't have to worry about it actually getting made. No. (laughs) That is going nowhere. So, when looking up a little bit about Stephen Summers himself, and it really comes through in this film more than anything else, I believe, they have what's called the Summers Scale. Okay. I'll bite. This is where they rate one through four. There's four levels mm-hmm. of how much CGI okay. there should be in a movie. Uh, one is what the shot needs. Mm-hmm. Two is what the computers can handle. Mm-hmm. Three was, oh my God, the computers are crashing. Mm-hmm. And level four was what Steven wants. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> I think it behooves us to remember that he also like writes and directs most of these films that he makes. Mm-hmm. So he's written a lot of the films that were on this list as well. And I'm guessing he didn't have to hear no much because he's... Directing his own writing. Yes. So there's no pushback whatsoever. I, I wrote down, and I, I think the performances in this movie are fine. Mm-hmm. They're just fine. But I, while watching it, I kind of remember... You remember when uh, Harrison Ford was talking about doing the Star Wars movies? And yeah. George Lucas, Lucas is writing. George Lucas? Yeah. <clears throat> But oh, uh, Harrison Ford said, uh, oh yeah, you can write this shit, but you can't say it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like, this script probably looked fine on paper, but when you see human beings saying some of the shit in this movie, Mm -hmm. it took me out of it immediately. (laughs) Well, I wrote down some of the dialogue, and then I read it back, and then I had to listen to it again because it was so stilted and odd, and I didn't know if it was a directing choice or an actor choice. No, it's just that as I look at the dialogue, it is stilted and hard to read. I hated this movie from the first line of it. From about 12 seconds in, I wrote down the first line of this film verbatim because it angered me. (laughs) My name is Odd Thomas. In a world where fame is the altar at which most people worship, I'm not sure why you should care. Like, all right. (laughs) What the fuck are you trying to pull, movie? Mm -hmm. Are we going a lighthearted 90s movie now? What are we doing? Yeah, all right, man. If you are telling me that I shouldn't care from the onset of your movie, why should I care? Or What the fuck are you doing? Or if you're going to go all Scott Pilgrim, commit to it. Yeah, I'm not a celebrity. I've never married a celebrity. I've never, what was it? I've never been abused, robbed, or given a kidney to a celebrity. Like, <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah. <coughs> and I think the biggest problem with this film is that he tried to do, like, slick, stylized dialogue, and it falls flat on its dick every Mm -hmm. single time. As if the man has never had a witty conversation in his fucking life. Because he's trying to do almost, like, snappy, like, Tarantino dialogue, almost. Mm -hmm. And, (laughs) all right, I really like Anton Yelchin. I think he's a great actor. He does not have enough natural charisma to carry this character. Mm-hmm. You know who did? The person who starred in this movie originally in 1996. Absolutely. And we all know who it is. Michael J. Fox. Absolutely. Because this movie is bad frighteners. Just horrible frighteners. I mean, I don't even know why anybody would even want to even tread on that kind of holy ground right there. Yeah. Because a fright- Frighteners is a perfect fucking movie. It is my favorite horror movie. I'd, it is the best. Funny thing is, I never really thought of it as a horror movie. If I can think of it as a horror movie, 100% it's my favorite horror movie. Be, I mean, it has pretty scary elements, like, toward the end of it, when the ghosts are going nuts and shit. Oh, and, and when when they, when they the serial killer actually... Mm-hmm. Oh, this is new, and it's happening now. Yeah, yeah. that was... Oh, that was beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Ah. They tried to do Frighteners and thought we wouldn't notice. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I, I, I actually was just thinking I liked Frighteners just as a comedy, not even thinking of it as a horror movie. And it yeah. worked that way, too. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Okay, anyway, back to this um, crap after we talk about a beautiful movie like that. So, like I said, and my biggest problem with it is they tried to do this slick, stylized film. Mm-hmm. But none of it made a lick of sense. And the writing goes off topic so often into small things that don't need to happen. Like Mm -hmm. in the beginning, when he's explaining, my name really is odd. They said I was named after these Lithuanians. My father insists that they were Bulgarians. And I thought there was going to be a payoff for the mom being batshit crazy. Exactly. And that's the next thing. It's like, you're showing us things that we don't need. Mm -hmm. And you're making it convoluted because you don't know how to write a real story. It's because there's so not you're throwing shit at the wall and hoping that we don't notice that everything in this movie sucks. I noticed at the very beginning, before we even started, I said there wasn't a, a whole lot of there there. Yeah. So he had to add this convoluted bullshit so that we wouldn't notice the fact that there's not a whole lot going on anywhere in this movie at all. 
No. I was forgetting this movie while I was watching it because I couldn't remember if it was this movie or another movie I had watched or what, and I couldn't, I could not be bothered to care. You know what? I, I, I thought of a term while I was watching it this last time and it kind of reminds me of like baby's first weird movie. Like, I really hope a movie like this ends up being a stepping stone for somebody who saw this when they were maybe 13, 14. Because mm-hmm. if you were young and saw this, you'd probably go like, man, that movie ruled. Mm-hmm. And then you could talk to somebody like us and they go, oh, we'll just go watch Frighteners. Mm-hmm. And that's how you find out about cool movies. Right. So, I mean, if nothing else, I hope that this, I mean, I'm sure there's, what, 21 to 25-year-olds out there who saw this when they were kids. They're like, oh, man, that movie was really cool. Mm-hmm. And, I mean... All right, it's fine. It's it's a bad movie, but it's fine. It's not hurting anyone. Right, right. But I mean, yeah. So for me, it's not even <laughs> bad enough to be bad. It's just almost bad, which is ir- more irritating. If a movie is bad, okay, it's bad. But this one just bad enough to irritate me, but not so bad I couldn't watch it. But then it didn't let me have the fun of making fun of it for being bad. Yeah, and it it. Pulls the mystery box bullshit that I can't stand. Mm-hmm. The it, all right, if you're going to present a mystery, give me actual clues yeah. to where I can like solve it along with the film. Exactly. But they pepper in things later that obviously there's no way we could have known, mm-hmm. but they were completely obvious anyway. Which oh man, well most of this you like, failed twice in one execution. Well, most of this again, I if you threw a wild ass guess. You know, you'd be right maybe, what, 50% of the time? My wild-ass guesses were right 90% of the time with no clues, which means that the writing was so hack that, again, we've seen this. We've seen this a bunch of times. This is going to happen. Boom, it happens. Yeah. It's bad. I, uh, I really like that they were clearly thinking up his uh, powers as they went along. <laughs> because... Uh, he actually at one point says, I don't know what to call this power, but if I wander around, I can usually find someone. Mm. Like, All right, come on. Put some effort into your story. The word you're looking for is scrying. Like, come on, man. The writing in this movie gives me hope that I can write a movie someday. Actually, the only reason I continue to write is the fact that I've seen things published that I know I can do better than. Yeah. So that's the only reason that it keeps me putting pen to papers, because I know that maybe someday I'll accidentally shit out something decent. But, yeah, some of the stuff that gets published there, you're like, oh, no. But just, all right, speaking of, is fighting one of his powers? It, it, the because way, they introduce it, and then it never comes back into play. <laughs> The only thing I can say, I don't think it was one of his powers per se. I think that he he was intimating that he trained himself to be able to fight because he knew he'd have to take out the bad guys. Oh. Because <laughs> they show, show it in slow motion like he like kind of knows what's going to happen. I don't know. Well, yeah, that, that was different because the initial fight, you, you could kind of look... It would go back and forth to either he was prescient and knew what was going to happen before it happened, or he was lucky, or... He just was that good a fighter, but they never clamped down on which one it was. So we're left in the dark wondering, because if we're wondering on that, we're not noticing how shitty this fucking script is. No, and it, yeah, and again, it's one of those things that's introduced and never comes back. He never fist fights anyone again. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, why did you bother telling us this? Oh well, for the one scene where he uh, 
beats the living fuck out of Arlo. Harlow. Who cares? Yeah. Man, that whole speech that he gives him. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> Again, I love Anton Yelchin, but like, yeah, you can write this shit, but you can't say it. <laughs> There's only so shiny we're going to get this turd. Yeah. All right? There's a, this is as good as it's getting. Well, I will say uh, some of the action scenes, that foot chase, that was pretty rad. The action scenes, I'll give it to you. There's quite a few, and, there, and some of the acting in there shines through the bad writing. There were a couple of scenes in there where I'm just like, ooh, they got me in the feels a little bit. Oh, they're good. They're good. Man, you know who really got me, and it was a bummer, because I would have loved to have seen her in every single scene, was Stormy. Yes. Stormy was fantastic. Absolutely amazing. She and, did her best with the lines she was given. Well, it kills me. It's like it was, it was like she was acting for a different movie. Mm-hmm. She was she was cracking for Academy Awards. Yeah, oof. Shouldn't have done that. Oh, because you got to act with the people you're acting with. Yeah. Um. What are his other abilities? Does he somehow have like psychic visions when he picks up a gun later? He had psychic visions when he touched somebody. I think once um, when he grabbed the gun, he had a. Like a, yeah, he had a little vision. Um, he has prescience through um, dreams. Did he have telekinesis at some point? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. I think that was the ghost. Okay. Oh, yes, it was the ghost. That power that ghosts never had before that was just introduced in the last 20 minutes right. of the film. And either ghosts can't speak or they can <laughs> communicate or they can't. Oh. And they have no effect on living unless they do. Oh, this movie's a fucking mess. Um, all right, do you have details of anything that happens? Because this washes over me. Okay, hold on. I, I know you have pages and pages that you want to get to. Or pages. Sometimes I've, I've, I've got five sentences on one page. I've kind of been right? dominating the conversation with all the stuff that irritated oh, me. Oh, no, there's more to it, though. But no, let's see. Where was it? Okay, I remember the movie starts, he starts a little quizzing about how he can see the dead and talk to the dead and whatnot, and most people ignore it, but he does something about it. Yeah, because he beats the shit out of this dude. So, we start with the the little girl ghost. Doesn't say anything to him, because obviously the dead can't speak it, so it's setting that up now. Makes her follow to this one guy, Arlo, Harlow, whatever, you know, redneck, T-bird driving, fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. And... Somehow knows that he has, because she she can't he can't speak or she can't speak to him. But somehow he knows that the her blood is in his pocket and all this other details. But how can the dead communicate if they can't? Yeah, that made no it sense. Immediately makes no sense. But that, that's neither here nor there. Somehow so he knows. Instead of stepping on the fucking gas pedal, this dude jumps out of the top of his fucking convertible and runs. And again, cool chase. Yes, it was. And then so they're, they're was foot, booking he, it through the pool. Was he, like, possessed by a demon, Arlo? Because, like, he seemed to have superpowers. Yeah. He came crashing through a doorway like the fucking Hulk. Yeah, I didn't really pay attention to that part because I'm sitting there. All I can think of in my head is, is it going to kill the DNA if you jump in the pool? Don't jump in the pool. Don't. He's going to jump in. The, that's all I can fucking think of. So I didn't think about him running through the door. So Because my brain works beautifully that way. Man. Oh, so then he gets through. Does, does he... Oh, yeah. Uh, we're introduced to Willem Dafoe, who's ah, like yes. the police chief who like, they're in cahoots. Mm-hmm. And Odd uh, Thomas is giving him information, apparently on a wealth of crimes that are happening in this town. Oh, yeah. 
How are we going to cover it up? Oh, I know. You saw, you saw the evidence when he went to pay out money to that you bet five dollars on a Yankees game. Yeah, some shit like that. There's your alibi, knucklehead. It's, Live it, love it, know it. Man, it was the laziest, one of the laziest setups that I've seen in quite some time. Mm. Uh, oh, a great example of bad CGI when he is working in the diner. Also bad writing, because <sighs> nobody speaks like that, no matter how strange they are. That, that's I, I'm sorry, I can't get over the, <laughs> the dialogue in this film. Well, you can tell that uh, Summers hasn't been to a mall in about 50 years. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he, he must send people to buy things for him even before we had uh, Amazon delivery to the door because there's no clerk in the entire world that speaks the way that they're speaking at, no. at work. No. Oh, it was bad. All right. So he talked. Yeah, we meet Stormy while he's cooking. Mm-hmm. And he starts to see the Bodax. Oh, the Bodak. The Bodaks. See, when I was a kid, Bodak, a Bodak was just an old, creepy old dude that hung around someplace who wouldn't, we weren't supposed to see him. So the explanation they give is that they like feed on death. And they feed dis- on on coming death and destruction. Uh, hate the carnage, um, and yeah, and and the all the emotions that come from that. Yeah, and you're supposed to pretend that you don't know that they're there if you know that that they're there mm-hmm. and we're shown that by a dude getting hit by a bus or a truck yeah delivery truck he's like i only knew one other person that could see them and they showed the conversation then a bodak went and made the truck possess somebody to make the truck hit him yeah which, which they don't seem to be able to do at any other time right they don't possess until they need to again right the end. yeah yeah it, it makes no sense because there's no again if you're going to introduce a supernatural entity, at least throw the rules out, like you were saying. At least yeah. give us, um, oh, wow, you maybe have um, Odd Thomas go, oh, wow, at the library, go, hey, check it out. There's uh, Bodax can do this, this, and this. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're explaining everything else to us instead right. of showing us anything. Mm-hmm. So at least they have a book, some fucking thing. So, yeah, it did, although it did remind me when I was a kid that we screwed this book called The Princess and the Goblin, and the idea is that if... You're running away from something. Every time you look back, they get closer. And that's what the Bodaks were kind of like for me. This oh. is like, the, the, the more you give them, so you, you have to not look at them so to, say, to stay safe. Did you notice the great CGI when he was chopping cucumbers? Oh, I chose to. Those cucumbers that were like jumping a foot away off his knife. Mm-hmm. And the pancakes that mm-hmm. were very poorly done. Like, man... You don't need to do this. You know, look, just uh, go from a wide angle to a close-up. Yeah. Hire a chef from down the street. can cut a... It's not yeah. going to fly a foot in the air, but... Yeah, you, you don't need to do any of this. Mm-mm. You're putting effort into the wrong things here, Stevie. You're putting the emphasis on the wrong syllables there, Stevie. And, uh, yeah. Oof. From their stuff. Yeah. Uh, they try and do a Men in Black. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Because that guy looks exactly like the... Uh, Edgar. Weird, yeah, from yeah. Men in Black. <laughs> yes, he does. In fact, he, now that you mention it, even the stilted walking. Uh-huh. Yet still even less originality. Uh-huh. And they introduce cockroaches later as well. And, oh, in that fucking fridge. I don't know what it is about... <laughs> there have been five or six horror movies that we have watched with disgusting refrigerators in it. Three of them recently. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I hate... Anytime I see a fridge in a horror movie now, I just cringe. No, just... Let's not be in this kitchen anymore. Just go. Go. Go! Yeah. 
because I couldn't tell what was in the box. I was watching on the on the phone, and I was getting creeped out by the cockroaches. I would think I was more creeped out by the cockroaches than the uh, fingers. So he breaks into the, oh they call him Fungus Bob. Yeah. So he breaks into his house and finds a portal to hell. Yeah, that looks like one of the dune worms. But that never comes back. I was <laughs> I was gonna ask because I thought maybe there was a deleted scene. Unless I mean. Unless that's the thing that opens up in the mall, but why would it have just moved? Yeah, the portal to hell in Fungus Bob's house never comes back to matter whatsoever. And, and the idea that the birds froze and then they unfroze and were okay, what, what was the point of that? Yeah. I, I... They didn't say, hey, you know, we're going to be on the ninth circle of hell, which is all ice and blah, blah, blah. That's why we're getting ice on the doors. I don't know. They didn't say a fucking thing. So we're introduced... Kind of to the mysterious man telling the dogs to shut up. Oh, yeah. And Odd would have seen his face. He was just hiding on the roof, like looking directly at the dude. Right, because he was kind of leaned over on the corner. He would have seen that. And that's where, again, that mystery box bullshit of, like, well, is Odd this great detective? Because he pulls really slick detective work out of his ass a bunch of times. But he does also doesn't recognize this dude or his voice mm. later well, on. I think it's I think it's different. I think that had he had detective training, the um the things that he gets with his gift would make more sense, which comes back at the end of the movie. I right, think. but he makes logical jumps like a detective later in the film, just like how Fungus Bob was shot and everything. Like, okay, well yeah. you're putting things together that like you couldn't possibly know from what we know. And, and, and all of a sudden he's really good at it. And then all of a sudden he's really bad at it. He gets all these now <coughs> it's set up that he's been almost infallible. He's solved all these crimes. Mm-hmm. But later in the film, he, he does say, I will give the film this much credit though, is that he's like, you know, these things are divergent. If we stop this, it makes different paths. So, you know, Fate comes back to bite you if it chooses, but that's a whole different story. That's just one of the many, many hollow platitudes in this film where it thinks it's being smart. Oh, I I wrote... your head and go, oh, you fucking son of a bitch. I actually wrote that down because I thought it was just the shitty of the dialogue. See if I can find it here real quick. I think it's on the last page, but it was awful. All right. Oh, yeah. The thing about Fate is that there are many forks in it you have the free will to choose which one you take, but sometimes it will bend around and brings you straight back to that stubborn fate. Now, those were the words that they say. I stopped and wrote it down word for word. Uh-huh. I'm, I've heard them say it. <laughs> I could not make fucking heads or tails out of the sentence that I just read that came out of my mouth. It's gibberish. It is word it's salad. Absolute gibberish. And you've got I'll tell you what, if... If there was an Academy Award for actors to sell shit dialogue, it would have to go to these because you could tell there were there were some fine acting in here, even with this crappy stilted dialogue. But I had to yeah. read a little piece of this because it was, what was bad. The, what was the one that Stormy and I are supposed to be together forever? A dime store gypsy told us yes. so. Uh, something that other couples would pay anything for. Right. Like... And then what he, are you talking about? And that it was is creepy too. Nonsense. He, he was like Gypsy Mummy said. I'm like, what are you talking about? Gypsy what? It's utter nonsense. Mm-hmm. Now I'll tell you what. Um Stormy and Odd, they sell they sell their chemistry. 
They sell it like a mother. Yes, they they are good in scenes together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, but oh, just oh, it's just not good. <laughs> Where were we? Whatever's not good is just boring. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm I'm str- I just watched this like two hours ago, and I'm struggling to remember the, what happens. This movie was so so boring that anytime I heard a name, oh, I had a, like Pico Mundo means beak of the world, like oh. the chicken beak of the world. We're introduced to uh, the blonde cop mm-hmm. at uh, Willem Dafoe's house. And it, that scene with him and the blonde girl, mm-hmm. where she's like clearly hitting on him. And it's mm-hmm. like, man, I get that he's acting and trying to act like antisocial and weird, like mm-hmm. a strange dude. But that's one of those moments where like Michael J. Fox could have done that. Oh, yeah. But... I love you, Anton Yelchin, but that was bad. Because he, he would have been both uncomfortable and charming. And there's one thing that um, Yelchin, or what's his name again? Yelchin? A- Anton Yelchin. Yeah. And I want to call him Yelchin. I don't know. Anyway. Like, yeah, because yeah. it sounds like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Yelchin uh, doesn't have that natural charm. No. He's not naturally charming, or at least in this role. Whereas I don't think Michael J. Fox could do anything without charm. He could be an axe murderer in a movie, and you just want to pinch his cheeks. Oh, Michael, don't do that. That's not nice. Yeah. Speaking of Frighteners, though, last uh, Michael J. Fox, his last film. That was his last film? His last uh, leading role. Anyway. Well, he went out on a fucking high note. We should just talk about Frighteners for the next 20 minutes, because this movie blows. Oh, we could, man. Nah, that's all right. got to finish this. We- Jeffrey Combs is in it. Jeffrey Combs rules. And uh, Jeffrey Combs, Jeffrey Combs, Jeffrey Combs. Reanimator. Yes. Okay. Sorry. It took me a second. Milton Dammers. He was the FBI agent from Frighteners. Okay. So, I oh, fuck. I forget where we were. Even I guess it doesn't really matter. No. He because... figures out a bunch of shit, and then he doesn't figure out a bunch of shit that's obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it. I don't know how to feel about the fact that uh, the. Attack is just a mass shooting in a mall. Mm. Uh, <laughs> no, there was explosives in the van. No, I, I uh. understand, but there were there was the active shooter in the mall because that's how Stormy died. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. I'm jumping <sighs> around because this jumps around. I don't know time. why they needed to do that. <laughs> I think that they was could the have just done the whole bomb thing and that would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But just in, even in 2013 in America, like, ooh, you don't need to go for that angle of just a mass shooter in a mall. Or an explosion at the mall at this point is not. Right, but I mean, that's kind of more like action movie, you know, yeah, like yeah, a lethal yeah. weapon-y, like, oh, they're going to blow up the mall. or Because mm-hmm. um, the way they set it up, it looked exactly like Fight Club. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, oh yeah, they did. Oh Jesus! Yeah, with all the barrels in the van and everything makes this even worse. Yeah, in the parking garage. Yeah, they did a Fight Club at the end. Oh, that's right. But uh, yeah, like mm, you didn't need to do it like an active shooter in a mall. Oh. But that also did lead to one of the only times that I went, "Oh shit!" during this entire film. Oh, the boat axe in the corner. No, when he's running toward the dude shooting and he's like, apparently having to fight off the Bodex because apparently they can grab him. Yeah, in now real they life. can. Yeah, now they can affect him in real life. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> so, ooh, good God! I don't even want to know what that smelled like. So, he's 
running through this sea of bodex and breaks free and shoots the dude right in the fucking face from like a foot and a half away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even I had to just go, oh shit! <laughs> well, it's like, in my head, I was like... It was a drastic tone shift from the rest of this film of watching somebody just get blasted right in the face. And, and again, this movie would have done better if it had chosen a tone. If it would have gone completely Scat Pilgrim, if it would have gone completely Frighteners, if it would have gotten... Com- if it would have picked one of its tones and just gone through, I would have liked this. And the other thing I don't like about this movie is I'm getting used to these movies. I guess I'm getting the expectation because of a bunch of these movies that I've seen. They get your dread level really high. I think, I think the highest my dread level got on this was a four. I was never really invested. I never really got that worried about any single thing. Yeah, because it's never clear what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like. It, there's no reason to ever really be afraid. We know Odd's not going to be in danger. <laughs> oh, yes. And, I mean, <laughs> I did like Patton Oswalt showing up. I was just going to say, I, I was just about to remember, random Patton Oswalt. <laughs> just random. <laughs> that was fantastic. Hey, dude, I made this thing for you. It's uh, gonna. You said it was a heart, and this is ungodly looking thing that looks exactly like somebody in a D&D group would make. Yep. Yep, and it comes back later. That's one thing that did come back later in the movie, but they made it so fucking obvious. They might have just drawn a big target around it, threw a dart right in that point, because they hit you with the fucking clue bat. Well, yeah, because they're not going to kill Willem Dafoe. No. No, no, Why would you do that? He's a national treasure. God damn right. That's right. Man, he really is, though. I love Willem Dafoe. I will just I will watch a movie just on the fact that he's in it. We were just briefly right before we hit record going through his filmography. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's right, he was Jesus. I forgot. Yes, and he, again, he, he for a while he was that guy. He was the bad guy in Speed Two. <laughs> Hell yeah! Only good thing about that entire movie was him. So, oh, there was also Jason Patrick trying to fuck that like fifteen year old deaf girl. Ah. No. Yeah, like he initiates it in that movie if you really watch it. Uh, it's it's not like a young girl has a crush on him and he's, you know, like, all right, you know, I'm flattered, but you're, you're a teenager. No, like he encourages it. He's like, well, how many, how, it's, when you're 18 now? How about now? Now? How about now? I don't think he's waiting. I don't think so either. Well, anyway, um, so... <laughs> Willem Dafoe should be fired, right? Fuck yeah. <laughs> like, there's the scene where, yeah, the chick comes running out of the woods, and that's where one of the co- conspirators shows up. And he's supposedly this guy that was crying because he shot some dogs. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Fuck, what was I talking about? I got <laughs> I got bored in the middle of it. Look, here, here's the deal. This, there's a subplot. Yeah. Um, We find out that... Uh, one of the police officers has a P.O.D. tattoo. <laughs> she and, does. And it took me about five minutes because I'm sitting there going, you know, pricks on duty, uh, <laughs> police hour. Oh, Prince of Darkness. Okay, boom. Yeah. But it, it was, there, as you mentioned, there is a band that yeah. was out. This was in 2013. P.O.D. was an established band at this point. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Stephen Summers knew that. Not a fucking clue, because that would have been a little point of hipness in an otherwise shit movie. No, that would have been just too cool for the room. Oh. It's, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, anyway, that, the subplot was that the police were in on it, much like the other movie we saw. And the other movie we saw. Oh, and the other movie we saw. Yeah, it's... But I will have to say that at least this time, the police weren't portrayed as Barney Fife and as, you know, Barney and Goober. At least they they look like, when they move, they move like police officers. They actually were plausible in the role. So did you, for a single goddamn second, think Stormy was still alive? Not one fucking... <laughs> Because I'm sitting there going... They telegraphed that so poorly. Because mm-hmm. I knew right away that the spilt ice cream was blood. I knew I knew it. Because there was just no way. Because then that movie might have been a little more interesting. And God forbid it should do that. Did you like that they tried to set up a sequel that we all knew was not coming? I think I chose to actively ignore it. Can you please enlighten us? The final... Oh, he goes scene. to Las Vegas. Yes, where he says something about, I'm going to start a new life, but I've still got a lot of work to do. Mm. And he's walking through the desert, like, around some cows and, like, swats them out of the way. As if he had walked 30 or 50 miles yeah. through the desert to the promised land. Why? Why did they do that? Well, I will tell you that I have one theory, and one theory only, about this movie. Because I'm sitting there, and they were telegraphing it. A little bit at the beginning about small town life and everybody's in everybody's business and this and that. And he has this amazing power, if you want to call it a talent, that's being wasted in a small town. Mm-hmm. And the only way to break free of this is to let go of everything and start anew. Yeah, which Stormy tried to get him to do, but he didn't want to leave because apparently this town is just wrecked with serial killers. All of the serial killers and the police are in on it. Because how many fingers would you say? Where is this movie supposed to be set? I don't know. I want to say Utah or Nevada. Yeah, I say. I think they say it at some point, and I forget. But <laughs> did you notice? There's a point where they walk outside, and it looks like they're in the French Quarter of New Orleans. Yes. <laughs> yes. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I was just waiting for something interesting to happen, like truly interesting. I was just waiting for anything. Yeah. It's like when you made the comment the other day, it's like uh, The Incredibles. Are you going to do something cool today, mister? Yeah. It's like, again, please just put some effort into your movie. You'd think, you know, you figure at this point, Summers knows that he hasn't had shit for a minute and he better get something lit up or he's not going to be doing anything for a while. Right, and, and this I mean, is what he gives us. And it's, I, I still wonder how he got the cast in this. Because Anton Yelchin, like, he was in Alpha Dog, and uh, he wasn't was, he in the Fast and the Furious? One of them? I fucking I don't know. I've never seen any of that bullshit. Mm. My wife's really into those, so I seen occasionally ten minutes or so of them. I thought and then, he was in, uh, right before he died, he was in a uh, uh, Green Room. Green Room fucking <gasps> ruled. Is it the one with Patrick Stewart? Yeah, where Patrick Stewart's a Nazi. Oh, I've read so much about that. I want to go check. I want to check that out. Man, it's intense. <laughs> Cause that's kind of that's the kind of scary movie that's super scary for me. Those, yeah, it's fucking terrifying. Actually, Green Room's really good. Uh, I'll see if we can find it. Cause I do want to talk about Green Room because we all know guys like that. Been to shows where you see him going. I don't think I'm going to that part I, of the pit. I don't think we all have. Oh. <laughs> Most people don't just casually run into Nazi skinheads. Okay. Yes. <laughs> to be to be fair, I mean, <laughs> results may vary. Yeah. Like, there's specific places you can show up and see Nazis. Fair enough. Hey, every once in a while, you catch them out in the wild. 
<laughs> and it's always a real disappointment. Mm. Man, I remember <sighs> I was walking when I still lived in uh, downtown. I was walking to the store like around the corner and I saw one of them that I knew like goose stepping and Zeke heiling up the fucking sidewalk. It's like, man, I hate that I know this person. <laughs> well, I get, I go you one better when I lived in, um, back in Chicago area. Um, I worked at a Denny's. There was an overnight Denny's waiter and, um, these, these skinheads and all used to come in and, uh, they found out I was Mexican and they were trying to convert me to be, into the white power, and I'm like, dude, I'm Mexican. <laughs> oh, that doesn't count. I said, well, the part that's not Mexican is Jewish, or we, I think we might have an issue. <laughs> yeah. I just don't tell anybody. I'm like, dude. <laughs> Come on, guys. You're going to let a Jew in the ranks? Come on. How tight can security be? Man. It's kind of, Skinheads are fucking dummies. <laughs> oh, come on. You can come in. I, I'm Mexican and Jewish. Oh, come on. Don't tell. It's, it's good. No. Oof. Oof. Good hey. times. Man, do we got anything else to say about Odd Thomas? I mean, okay. As much as we've said about this movie, it's not... If you're just casually watching something, if you don't watch movies like we do, it it probably isn't as bad. But once you, like... Or, you know, if you were young and saw this... Yeah. It, it might have stuck with you. And, again, cool. If that's what gets you into watching... Because this isn't like a mainstream movie by any means. No, but it's not even <coughs> offbeat enough to be offbeat. You know, with a name like Odd right. Thomas, you figure more oddness in the movie. But in 2013, hmm. what else was around? Transformers? I mean, if you were a kid and that's all uh, the kind of shit that you were watching, then you saw a movie like this, you're like, oh, well, what the fuck was that? I guess I, w- I could suggest this movie, but because. I'd have to ask questions for it. Have you seen The Frighteners? Have right, you- but I mean, like... If we've talked about this just as like in the state of movies, it's like weird shit doesn't come out anymore like for kids like it did when we were kids. Oh no. <laughs> like no. And they would put that weird shit on TV for us. Yeah, I mean like Gremlins is part of the reason that we have the PG thirteen rating, because people took their kids to it and were like, um Wasn't What a- the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but like, again, this is I would say this is a really good starting point if you want to get into a little bit more offbeat. It's poorly done, but it's very accessible. Mm -hmm. And it's, again, it's not an unenjoyable watch if you're just sitting and staring at something. But if you're using your critical brain at all, it's real bad. Yeah. I think this would be a good movie to have on in the background while I'm cleaning. Yeah, it's like... Because it's not visually interesting either, really. There, no, it really isn't. There's a bland color palette, even the clue. I, everything was just mad. There's absolutely nothing memorable about this movie. Yeah, it's... I can remember one... There was two points. One where, um, one where uh, Stormy is emoting, and I'm like, oh, wow, that is good. And the other one it was near the end where it looked like Willem Dafoe was really crying. Oh, maybe, yeah. And I was just like, holy shit. Oh, where they bring him into his room and he sees Stormy's ghost or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, and they're finally telling him, oh, that was that was the one good thing where, like, I knew what was happening. You knew what was happening. Uh-huh. But maybe not everybody. And if you're not paying 100% attention, all of a sudden you realize, oh, Stormy's not alive. Yeah. Stormy's dead and he's just living with the ghost because you never see her speak. Yeah. And that was the first clue. And then all of a sudden when he walks in, then you notice the empty glass. He'd only made food for him. So he had to know. It's the only thought piece in the whole fucking movie. I guess, if you want to call it a thought piece. 
Well, I try to make it interesting. <laughs> I try to keep it interesting enough so I don't fucking no. turn it off in a rage quit. No, you are absolutely right, though. Like, it it needed to be weirder or something. It, it shit needed to happen. Well, if you're gonna go hyper stylized like they tried to do, mm-hmm. it needs to be exciting. And it needs to go as a through line. It has to start and it has to move through an entire movie and not go shoddy and back and forth. And now they can do this, now they can't. Yeah. Now he can do this, but now he can't. And man, maybe run your script and your quote-unquote witty dialogue by uh, an actual writer or something. Yes, does this sound like human speech to you? <laughs> yeah, it's like I said, it's, it's trying to be that hyper-stylized, slick, you know break the fourth wall, I'm going to talk to the audience kind of thing. And it always comes off as very bad in this film. Like, mm-hmm. it's been done before, but... It's nah. been done and better. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, like Ferris, not- John, John Hughes figured this out in, what? When did Ferris Bueller come out? Oh, God, 83. Uh, yeah, I don't know. 83, <laughs> 84. Sometime, yeah. yeah, like, he figured it out a long time ago. Oh, yeah. This is bad. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I honestly, if you're bored and there's, you've seen every fucking thing else, give it a shot. It doesn't suck completely. No, it's it's not like offensive to your sensibilities. Nah. It's just if you think about it. But that's what I'm saying is it needs to be like just a little bit more buck wild cause like, mm-hmm. or play it completely straight because like Ooh, that- End of Days is a completely insane movie, but if you watch it, you just be like, man, that was stupid. Right. But if you really dial in on like how weird it really is, you go like, man, what an incredible film. But when it's trying as hard to be strange as this movie is, mm-hmm. it, it's repellent. <laughs> yeah. And again, you know why it's the mostly repellent is I feel like this is honestly wasted time because there's nothing there. Yes. I spent an hour and a half trying to make something there so that I would feel good about the time I spent watching this movie. And it did not give me that. It is unmemorable. There's nothing really to speak of. There's nothing so outrageous in this movie that you go, ha ha, this thing. No, it's just like a bowl of oatmeal with no flavor. Yeah. It's the opposite of like when we've talked about like Jim Mickle, a guy who really appreciates it, your time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put everything that you want to fucking see in a movie into 90 minutes. Here you go. We're going to put some shit you might want to see, but you're not going to care about after this movie is what Summers said. Yeah, it's it is the most vanilla khaki pants fucking although glass of milk movie that I've ever oh, seen. Not, no, not really, but I no. mean. But although, if you think about it, now CGI is good. Maybe maybe his summer's level CGI exists now. And he could make the movie he wants to make. Odd Thomaser. <laughs> Otter Thomas. No. No, because then they'd think it's a little odder. Yeah. Otter <laughs> Thomas. Yeah. A, a ghost Do you crime. see a gold? <laughs> Eats an abalone. <laughs> you know, I, dude, I'd rather watch an hour and a half of otters. Otters are fucking adorable. Yep. Or, uh, you know what else? Oh, man. You could have, like, otters versus red pandas. <gasps> Odd Thomas, too, and it's just a nature documentary. <sighs> we can make Stephen Summers money back. Oh, yeah. Don't worry, buddy. We got you. Got red pandas and otters. You, you, you made mummy. I got you back. Hey, you know what we do? We just do the voiceovers for the panda. <laughs> but, I mean, 
I'm sure he doesn't have to work another day in his life. I mean, he wrote the characters for The Mummy. There's like eight of those that they've made direct-to-video, and I'm sure he's collecting royalties on all of it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he's not hurting, but still. But again... Oh, you hurt me, so... It's kind of one of those, like, man, if you like this movie, fine. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I think it's incredibly stupid, but... I, I don't I don't dislike it enough to completely shit on it. I don't like it enough to even mention it, really. So, um, my answer is, eh. Yeah. It, it's there if you want it. Mm-hmm. Or not there. I don't know. There's no there there. There's no there there? Yeah. There there? Yeah. There there. No, no, no. Okay. Should... All right. I think we beat that joke to death. Do we have anything to plug? <laughs> not only no, but fuck no. Yeah, me either. This. This. We're doing the thing. On the places. Uh, yeah. At, at the things. With the place. We're working on stuff. We'll get around to it yeah We're gonna whew, we've really lost some steam there at the end and on a low note uh, yeah, yeah i mean i don't know we could do like some beastie boys or something no we couldn't why not let me say yippee yo you know this kid i said i didn't but i know he did Kids said, get ready, because this ain't funny. My name's Mike D, and I'm about to get money. You pulled out the jammy. You raised it. All right, we should just be done. Fucking Took Christ. off a of panties. What? Took off a of bra. What the fuck are you doing? All right, no, that is... Paul's Boutique. That is not Paul Revere. Paul's you Boutique. You just were, were ruining the song that it's... Goodbye, everyone. The best album. I hate all of this. <laughs> you can